And we are live. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we are back for season four of Totally Unscripted. Who would have funk it? Well, it's good to be back after a summer break off. Good to see you again, Martin. Good to see you, Steve. Likewise, Martin. Charles, good to be back for Totally Unscripted. I love the title because we never know how it's going to play out. <laughs> There's some truth to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it is scripted to a degree this, at the start of the season. Um, we've got a great show uh, for you today, hopefully. So, um, holy sheets. Holy sheets, Charles. Careful. So close. So close. <laughs> um, so we're going to be looking. We've got some guests we, uh, we'll bring on in a second just to talk about Google Sheets and the wonderful things that you can do and um, kind of melting your mind in terms of the possibilities. Um, but as I mentioned, we, you know, we've got uh, already uh, looking ahead, we've got shows pretty much for the rest of the year. Um, we've got a couple we can announce now. So we are on a new day. So uh, it'll be the same time, new day, Wednesday. Um, but uh, so we've got a couple coming up. So Charles, you've been working hard behind the scenes to get some of these people together. Sure. So uh, 20 seconds next week. Who have we got, Charles? Absolutely. We got automating your workflows with Document AI. If you're not familiar with the Document AI capabilities of Google Cloud, you can actually do some amazingly wonderful things with everything from like paper documentation to put them into your workflows and do stuff. So, Anu, who used to be on my old team, who's now helping kind of spearhead that as a developer advocate on Google Cloud, will join us and give us a preview of that. So, that's exciting. And then the following week, 29th of September, and we've got some of the folks from DocuSign coming along. So everyone knows DocuSign. Yeah, a lot of folks do it. If you bought a house or signed any legal documents, there's a good chance you've run across their e-signature solutions. And they've got a really nice add-on and capabilities that work right with inside of Workspace. And a famous, uh, familiar face coming back, Jeremy, who's one of our GDEs, is actually coming. He's now at DocuSign, and he's going to come talk about how they built other solutions and, and teach us more. So that's awesome. Hey, just real quick, Martin, you mentioned we've got a lot of shows lined up and we do. I definitely want to throw up into the community, both the invitation to join us on Totally Unscripted. If you've got a great idea you want to share with the community or if there's something you'd really like to see, hit us in the comments below uh, or let us know in the live chat with your questions about any things that you'd be interested in. We're here to help. And um, I think it if you don't know, and where have you been? If you don't know this, um, hmm. Next is back. Uh, it's online again. Um, so um, I've been through the schedule. There's quite a few. I know, Charles, you're contributing a couple of sessions. Um, so I do. Is... I have two sessions, and they're already filmed and already in edit. So that's <laughs> awesome when your work is already done, but a month out. Uh, and we've got about six sessions on developer-centric topics, ranging from low-code all the way up to professional development in the state of the union of workspace, which is a can't-miss uh, version, not just because I'm part of it, but because we go through and we wrap up basically everything new and a bunch of things that are about to happen on the developer platform for workspace. So can't miss TV. And uh, <laughs> one of the sessions I've bookmarked uh, is there is the developer uh, platform state of the union Google That's Workspace? It. That is the one. So uh, hopefully to see some of you online for that. So without or or is there a further ado? Well, topic again. I'd love to actually kick off why we decided to start with this show on the very first season. Of, uh, sorry, the first episode of season four. As you know. Um, Building applications on Sheets is 
not a new concept, right? It, it's a Swiss Army knife tool that a lot of people start with. And people constantly ask about, am I doing it right? How can I do it better? What are some things I could do, uh, et cetera? And so, as you may know, about 80% of extensibility solutions, of automation solutions built for workspace involve Google Sheets. So it's popular, it's common, it's also extremely versatile and also can be quite intricate. So we've got a couple of guests that do this for a living and have pretty different backgrounds and approaches on it, but also a lot of just great ideas and tips. And so I think it's gonna be a great show. Steve, just you also do quite a bit of this yourself personally. So A, of course you'll chime in, but B, you know, what do you think when you think about spreadsheet development as a solution stack? Sure. Um, before I answer that, I would say uh, a lot of people love sheets because they can take data from somewhere, bring it in, the UI already exists, right? It's already there, it's natively there. And then there's these little tips and tricks that we're also going to talk about of how to manipulate some of that data and validate things. As uh, far as a stack, uh, I think it's a scaling thing, right? Uh, think of prototype, minimum viable product. W what can I do first? I can take a simple spreadsheet, add maybe a custom menu, an add-on or something like that to test things out and see if I need to scale into a, a more traditional stack of, uh, of a solution. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to today's broadcast. Awesome. Why don't we bring them on then? Yep. Cool. So we have uh, Spencer and Jonathan. So there we go. So um, we're delighted to have uh, Spencer Farris and Jonathan Butler with us. So um, should we just kick off? Do, uh, so let me. So Spencer, do you just want to give a bit background about yourself and, and what you do? Sounds great. Thanks, Martin. So I am a, like it says, a, a Google Sheets and App Script consultant, developer, um, small data consultant as well. When it, as long as using Sheets for the most part, I got really into this. I, I was previously working in Excel a lot. I was an Excel Power user for several years and built a pretty decent CRM for a call center using Excel and then moved to another company that was using Sheets exclusively. And they, a lot, they had a lot of stuff going together. It was salespeople that all needed to be accessing and editing the same sheet. So we were using Sheets, not Excel. <laughs> Excel isn't good at that. Sheets is amazing at that. Um, Excel is really good at some other things, but having 14 people collaborating on the same sheet, not one of them. So they were completely on Sheets. And since I already came from a pretty heavy Excel background, I went to my boss. I'm like, hey, I can make this better. I can spruce this up a little bit. And he thought that was great. Let me go free on that and, and learn through the Google Sheets. Mostly, honestly, I learned on the Google forums. Um, the community there is awesome and super helpful and they helped me learn a lot. And then realizing that you oftentimes learn the most when you teach, I started answering as many questions as I could. Um, I'm now a Google product expert in Sheets. I help a lot in the app script areas as well. Um, and also do YouTube videos. And I actually work with Steve doing some um, consultancy on app script and sheets and the entire Google workplace, um, not community, ecosystem. <laughs> and we also have Jonathan. So I think you've got perhaps a similar but slightly different story. Yeah, fairly similar. I started off working as a college assistant, actually, for uh, Hunter College. And when I was working there, 
we had a bunch of sheets that we needed data to come off of and emails to be sent out. And I was sending them out one by one. And I was like, there has to be some way to automate this. And I ended up trying to automate at first with functions. And so I looked up functions and instead got app script. And I'm, I thought, I know a little bit of programming. Or I did some practice over the years. And once I found it, I just loved it. It was like a way to host web apps um, and also have batch scripts run without the need for having my own servers. I got a little overwhelmed trying that before just because having my own servers up was like a, it felt so daunting at the time, but this is such a great entry level way of doing that. I got in there and then I ended up working for Steve for over a year and got to learn a lot there and building things for different clients. And after that, I ended up working for a company that I work in now called Variety Consulting and where we build application processing software. People give us applications filled up with a lot of information and we just review that and we need to create this almost like seamless experience of getting all that data there, viewing it, and then being able to write reviews based off of it. So a couple of themes here I've noticed. Uh, one, you all know Steve, which is interesting. Uh, two, you all kind of stumbled into this. You kind of came from a different direction and somehow landed in sheets, which I think is a very common experience. I myself, I started off as an investment banker in New York City many years ago and started automating everything in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Lotus 123, which was a long time ago, which became finally Excel and, and then finally became Sheets. And I've seen everything built in Sheets since then. And so um, interesting, I uh, somebody in the community just shared with me a chess game that they've actually built. So. Um, uh, Prulab High, who is uh, the purveyor at um, Gscript Gallery, actually built a game of chess. Literally, you could play chess using AppScript and Sheets. It's quite amazing what you can do with it. I also imagine that's an amazing amount of time that you put into doing something like that. But what are the, what are some of the apps that you guys build? Like, what are some of the use cases that are common? What's the, the what's the best use cases you've seen, and what are the ones that that are just I don't know the most common and most interesting? Either one. I can start off. I think one common thing is uh, there'll be someone who stumbles upon a spreadsheet, almost in stories similar to ours that you mentioned, aren't that unique. And when they get there, they'll build something pretty amazing, like to be able to automate or do something. But distribution with sheets ends up being a really big issue. So if mm -hmm. I give you a sheet, it's a copy of it, um, there's no updates for it really. Like I can't update yours unless I'm manually going and updating one or the other. And that was the case in the company I work for now. Like they would physically have people go in and manually update these changes. Um, so one thing I saw that has been pretty universal is getting data from those sheets back into one universal place, being able to update mm -hmm. and manage those sheets across. That is something I've seen a lot of different companies deal with and struggle with. And you can easily, well, not easily, but over time, you can use AppScript to be able to do that and do that really efficiently. How about you, Spencer? A lot of the stuff I see is some sort of dashboarding. They have a lot of data running a lot of tabs or a lot of sheets, and they need some way to collect all of that and, and sometimes collect all of that and then modify it or display it in some particular way. So they'll have you know a tab or a sheet for every salesperson or store location or anything like that. And they want some way to, to bring that all together, see everything at once, filter who they need to see, um, 
check the metrics as they need to. A, a lot of stuff like that is is what I've seen as as more general and usual use cases. When you but, scope a project, like customer comes to you or your boss comes to you, when you scope a project, how do you know what's a good candidate for a spreadsheet app? And how do you instinctively know whether this maybe doesn't belong in a spreadsheet? What's kind of the guide or the, the uh, yardstick that you use? I mean, to me, a lot of it is, are they already on a sheet, right? If someone comes and says, hey, I have this big CSV file. Well, let, let's look at if a Google sheet really is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. Or since you're already on a CSV, where'd that CSV come from? Are you already on a SQL database where you just need to go find someone that can do a SQL database? <laughs> but mm -hmm. if they're already on sheets, to, to me, that's a great start, right? You already want to use this product um, and it's either for the collaboration, it's because it's free, it's because it has a lot of features, it's because it accesses the right data you want. Mm -hmm. However that is, if they're already on a sheet, to me, that's the biggest start. Um, and then I really, really want to quickly get down to what are you trying to get done? Not how are you trying to do it, but what are you trying to get done? Because the last thing we want to get tied into, and I actually run into this a lot on the product forums, is an XY problem where they're saying, I want this, but they're saying that because they already have an idea of how to get there. And that idea is wrong. Right. <laughs> I want to get back to what is the business purpose? What is the overarching reason that you're trying to get this data from this sheet to this tab to here and filter it like this? What is going on? Because we might eliminate one of those sheets. We might eliminate a few of those formulas. We might push you to uh, sending that as an email instead of putting that onto a sheet. So the, I really want to make sure we know what is trying to get done, not just how they've been trying to get it done. You're absolutely right. I've seen so many people who try to use, it's, it's the old adage, you know, the carpenter that uses everything with a hammer. Yes. The business person who uses a spreadsheet for everything right, wrong, or indifferent. And Jonathan, you mentioned databases. Everybody in the world uses spreadsheet as databases, but spreadsheets aren't supposed to be databases. How do you handle that when you see that, you know, you mentioned all these sheets coming in from different places and you're aggregating it as a database. Sure, it can work, but sure, sometimes it doesn't work. How do you, first of all, make it work? And then what do you do when it doesn't work? So there are a few ways to make it work. And one way is to just gather all of the data back instantly. Um, and if you use, let's say, a URL fetch app, you can do a fetch all request and hit 30 endpoints, I believe, at the same time. It would be really good for people to do a fetch all request in one script, grab every sheet's data and bring it back, and that saves a ton of time. Um, you can try to use the spreadsheet app to be able to pull it, but it's gonna take a lot longer. The Sheets API, URL fetch app, grab multiple spreadsheets at a time, that's probably the best way to go. As for having a database and making it really clean, and like, it depends on the amount of data we're talking about. If you're talking about under, under call it 2000 lines of data. I think it's just, you can keep it in a sheet. You can search it pretty easily. I always tell people to use the Sheets API over a spreadsheet app when you can, just because the Sheets API is faster. But if we're talking about hundreds of thousands of lines and you wanna have all of that data in there, I actually uh, created a system that loads it in block-based with custom functions. So a custom function looks at a block of data and it will, whenever that block of data changes, the custom function runs and it will recache that block. And then I have a script that just grabs the list of blocks, grabs all of the blocks from the cache and makes it into one big thing. And that makes it searchable and still pretty quick for everybody to be able to get the information in, in a decent amount of time. 
it's fascinating. One of the things I know there's a huge kind of risk of kind of Google Sheet addiction where everything's it's but the issue I encountered quite often was my boss was just loved Google Sheets. They immediately understood them. Um and when they discovered I could do magic things with them, they're like, everything became a oh we'll solve this with a Google Sheet type <laughs> scenario. Do you find you're in, I guess, Jonathan, you know, you've, you've come to a, a, a solution there. Was that because someone was like, no, we're doing this in Google Sheets and then you have to explore every avenue that you could to make it work? So somewhat. So it is like <laughs> uh, the people who I work with are definitely a lot more comfortable with Google Sheets. Mm. Uh, I've heard someone describe it as a world class, a database with a world class admin UI. It's <laughs> like you can it's the best view for it. You can see all the data and manipulate it right there. And that's what people love. Uh, and that also with uh, speed being a big issue, like how do we build things fast? Getting your own servers, getting things set up in a database takes a lot of time. But with a spreadsheet, you can do a lot of things pretty quick. And it's almost deceiving mm -hmm. because you do certain things quick, but then other things take so long because you're rebuilding them all that already exist in the database world. So it is that kind of like it's the allure of, oh, it's just going to be one more add-on, but it can take a lot of time in the yeah. end. So you bring up a great point. First of all, I mean, this show is about development or you know, developing topics, we talk about coding and everything, and we talk about scripting, whatever. But the beauty I see with spreadsheet is you can do a lot of things sans code, right? There's built-in functionality without it. So I know, not making light of the situation, but you guys get paid by the line of code, right? You're building solutions, that's what people expect from you. But what do you leverage? What are your favorite features or your, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, your trade secrets when it comes to building spreadsheets that fly faster? Because you can do secret things without codes. Like, is there any functions that you find just magical? Or what's your secret sauce you don't mind sharing? Honestly, the biggest thing if I'm looking at a slow sheet is I look for everywhere that I can replace 400 lines of functions with an array formula and be done with it. Uh, yeah, so so converting a lot of those, and I've worked with lots of sheets that do that. They have a if statement or a VLOOKUP or something that is happening on every single line. Okay, if you don't need it on every single line, and sometimes you do, because you have to edit the output or something where you can't have it in an array format, but if you don't need that, Oh goodness, please replace that with one formula and be done. <laughs> so yeah. that I see as one of the biggest, especially time savers, efficiency savers. How do you get your sheet to speed up? Well, let's find all the extraneous formulas, extraneous formulas and replace those with array formulas doing the same thing in one. So that's, that's a that's a great point. And hold that thought, Jonathan. We'll ask you the same question about your favorite features and your secret sauce. But Spencer, you, you mentioned that a lot of times you inherit somebody else's spreadsheet. Oh yeah, and they can be gnarly, right? They build these things to the end. The average user doesn't understand the array function, right? There's some great functions people don't know, like indirect, for example. People don't know right. about these magical functions, and so they don't leverage it. So you get, you know, kind of this unruly, you know, puppy, so to speak, that you have to then nurture and make sure it doesn't you know, make a mess all over the place. How much of that? I mean, do you? Is there spreadsheets you can't save? Do you sometimes start over? What's the? How do you kind of get around the? Why wow, you inherited somebody else's mess? Hmm. There's only been one sheet I remember that was like unsalvageable, <laughs> but in that case, they at least still had the data in a much cleaner way. Yeah. That that is when um, sheets become unsalvageable. Is when the data is mm. too poorly structured to do anything with it. 
right? Because if you have it structured where it's every a, column A is always the first name and column B is always the last name, okay, we can work with that. If you have first name, name last name in column A, and then on row 30, you have a first name with the last name in column D, no, stop it. <laughs> We're going to need to do some work here to get you a much nicer data set so that we can work on that. Because otherwise, I mean, most of the functions need something consistent, right? If you're going to do a VLOOKUP, for instance, one of the most common formulas, you're going to tell that what column to look at. Well, if the column is complete garbage and you cannot be sure of what what type of data is going to be in there, then then your data set is useless and you need to start over on that. Yeah. As, a, as a builder, I'm a big fan of defined names. Defined range names are a way to make A's and B's actually make business terms. Sure. Anyway, Jonathan, back to you though. What I mean, you mentioned obviously a lot of data, a lot of different places data comes from. You get a hairball. How do you tame the hairball? What are some of your favorite features? So I think one of my favorite features or a couple of them are the cache service and custom functions. I think those are wildly underrated features in Google Apps Script. Um, one of them, like custom functions being, uh, they one run without any permission needed. So any change happens, it will run and calculate automatically. And then you can cache certain things. Um, things that I've used that for is, let's say I have a network of 100 sheets and I have them all out in the wild. I wanna know when somebody makes an edit to one of those sheets, I wanna pipe it all back to the same place. How do I do that? One, I'm putting a custom function in there because if I were to try to do on edit or something else, uh, it might not always work. It will not work if data will, is getting put is put into a sheet. So let's say API pushes data to a sheet that only works from user input on edit. So on edit's user input, but custom functions runs when any change is made. So that's a big plus. Second is with the library, they all share the same cache. And I love this. So if you have this network of 100 sheets, and they all share the same library, some edit happens to one of them, you can cache it into the one library. And then in your program that runs and manages all these sheets, you can go into that cache and get that information. And those things I think can be combined to make hundreds uh, of, of things. Cache service alone, I feel like is great, especially if you know how to chunk the data. So I think those are my favorite uh, and most underrated uh, features in Google Apps. Let's do a deep dive on, on the cache with the uh, custom functions. So custom functions cache natively by themselves and it will time out execution in what, 30 seconds? So what do you do as a pro tip for our mm -hmm. audience of how to handle the 30 second limitation? So with, I, I try my best to keep it under 30 seconds. And most times the 30 second limitation can actually be a blessing. So I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, if you want to run, let's say something on AppScript 24 seven, that's a problem I ran into. Like, you know, this is a business application. It needs to be on and running and processing data. I'm having all this information fed through libraries. How do I get that library information written to the sheet? I can't run the Sheets API 24-7 because there's quotas around that. So I have something running every, I think, two seconds, I believe, is enough for the quotas. And I dump all the information in the cache to the sheet. So how can I get it running 24-7? And it's a trick I use with custom functions. I have a trigger that writes something to a cell. It just writes a random UID to a cell. That cell, the trigger technically only had like maybe like a second to like zero to a second worth of runtime. That cell then calls the URL fetch app, which is allowed, and it runs autonom 
autonomously because a custom function is looking at the cell. So hits the, the information hits the cell, that changes, that triggers a custom function, that sends a URL fetch app to the server I have set up, and that runs. And you can continue doing that over and over again. And the custom function fails after 30 seconds, but the program will keep running. Mm. So you can have something literally run all day, and I've done it. <laughs> like, well, it's running 24-7. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking instead of calling that a pro tip, how about a pro hack? That's that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's Jonathan, I, I, we did a kind of a pre-show to um, chat with you. So, was this something that came from Bruce McPherson that you kind of decoded and recoded? So that specifically, I learned on my own. Uh, what came from Bruce and something is super valuable is chunking data into the cache. So let's say I have a spreadsheet with 100,000 rows in it. You know, searching that might be really slow, especially if you have a web app built on top of Google Apps Script, like calling the spreadsheet app. I've done it before. It took like a minute to get all the data just loaded up. And you can't have a user waiting for a minute while live working in a program. So I usually grab all the information and cache it. And, and you know the cache only has 100 kilobytes worth of data chunks that you can have. So how do I fit you know, what was, I think it ended up being like 33 megabytes worth of data into 100 kilobytes. And the question is you don't, you convert it to a blob, you get the bytes from that, and then you take the bytes in 100,000 blocks and then you fit them into the cache. And when you do that, you can, store like the entirety of your data into the cache and then you grab all of the blocks at once you turn them back into a bigger blob based off of their order and then you take the big object and that allows searches to go from minutes and minutes to literally uh nanoseconds so that is library for that sorry charles sorry can you say that one more time yeah do you leverage bruce's library i think he has a library for that he does. I, I currently don't. I recoded part of my own, but I did get the information idea about like first compressing at all. I didn't even think about that until I learned okay. from Bruce and then chunking. I eventually learned. So to that point, I mean, there's obviously a lot of reuse and sharing and obviously a great shout out to Bruce, who in a lot of ways is the uh, the, the godfather of AppScript, if you will. And he's been around for forever. And I think the founder of the show originally, but um and so his work's probably touched us all in one way or another. Let me ask both of you, uh, either or. Um, there's a lot of community stuff out there. You both mentioned a lot of it's trial and error, but a lot of it's learned on the job or you, you went online and looked. Where do you go to learn? Where did you go to learn? Like, Where would you send somebody else? And also, what do you have that you shared that maybe you want to call out that, that you're offering, whether it's any posts or I know, Spencer, I know you got a YouTube channel. I'd love to, to put a reference up to that. but. Where did you learn and, and, and where do you point others to continue to learn? So I honestly did learn on the forum, um, asking questions and then answering questions. Now, when I'm looking to look to find something really specific, I can, I can be pretty sure someone else has done it before. So usually I'm looking at for someone else's answer on Stack Overflow, if I'm looking for a really specific answer. If I'm sending someone, hey, I want to learn app script and they really want a course, I mean, honestly, I throw them to Ben Collins course because it's it's the best pre-made course I know. 
If they're looking for, I have this thing that I want to do, and they already have an idea of, of what they want done, um, either I'll walk them through it or I'll push them to the forums or there's a couple Discord channels that talk about app script. Um, yeah, so, so it really depends on what someone's looking to get done. If they want a full course, usually it's Ben Collins. There's been one other course I've, I've shot, uh, given a shout out to before. Otherwise, if they're trying to get something specific done, I'm going to be looking for that specific resource to help them get that done. And I know you're sharing a lot of assets personally. There you go. There's your yeah. YouTube channel. So uh, it's, it's, gonna, you, uh, can also just, yeah. you can also just do uh, youtube.com slash C at Spencer Ferris. Perfect. Jonathan, how about yourself? Uh, I'm a big time lover of the Google group that we have. That's where I learned a lot of my tips and information. I was in it before it was a Google group. Actually, I believe it was, was it Google circles or, or Google yeah. plus? Like, yeah, I was in it, that initially. It in fact was until it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was there and yep. Uh, asking a bunch of questions and they've been great to me. So that's probably the best place people for, for me can go to learn that in the Facebook group online. Yeah, I, I'm always blown away by how knowledgeable people are. And I'm also so thankful that people share so freely uh, of themselves and their time and their expertise. And, and you guys are also part of that community. So so thanks for everybody listening in uh, for you guys giving back and everything and helping others uh, be successful. So super awesome. And there's the short URL. You want to find Spencer and learn some of his tips and tricks. I know and we'll flesh in a second, Jonathan, you've got something up and coming. We'd love for you to talk about. Let's move on to a couple of more building questions about the solutions you build. One of the things I'm always curious, um, spreadsheets are great user interfaces, but obviously that requires the user to figure out kind of how that model works. What do you guys do to make the, the user experience? What are some of the user interface tools you use? How do you guide a user to be more successful with a spreadsheet versus Helping having them to actually go understand formulas and stuff. Uh, are there any tips or tricks or best practices? Are you, you use the you know the companion side panel? Are you you pop dialogues? Do you use any other third party ways of doing it? What are what are some of your your secrets? Either or, you're both mic'd and muted. And if, if you don't have one, that's no one wants to answer that one. <laughs> that's a that's a hard question. <laughs> Please, um, you answer that I, one. I mean, a sure. lot of it really is how is that data set up, right? And, yeah, and yeah. make sure that they understand that is is probably one of the biggest things to helping someone understand how does the spreadsheet work. And, and a lot of people, their data is messy because they don't understand that it shouldn't be messy. Yeah. So they really need to understand what does clean data look like? Let's get that into a clean data set. Let's trim out that white space. Let's make sure the columns are aligned. That's really a foundational point for a lot of people. And from there, they can get a lot of those formulas a lot faster. Jonathan, anything to add on top of that? Yeah, I love to use uh, dialogues or the, the side panel. I, my rule is whenever we have data that goes into a spreadsheet, I should try to make a form that structures it the best way as possible to prevent from users misspelling names, from users uh, just misspelling words in general, calculations being off, things going in the wrong boxes. I try my best to always create a form via either in a dialogue or in the, the side panel, just so that whenever the data comes in, I can trust that it's gonna be in the structure that I'd like. And I normally give them access to the spreadsheet, but not access to that sheet. And so they can see the data, but they can't edit any of it. And that's they a, can only create the data with the dialogue. That's another great point. Making, the, making a spreadsheet usable is a skill. Making it foolproof is a <laughs> art. 
right? How do you get people not to trample over the formulas that meant something and they call you up? You're like, you didn't do this right. You're like, well, no, you messed it up. How do you protect users from themselves? So one of them is using some sort of dialogue or form. I'm a big fan of using Google Forms if the data is always going to be structured in the same way. Otherwise, when when that hasn't been an option, and I'm working directly with the owner of a sheet. Um, oftentimes, I've built in on edit formulas so that if someone does something wrong, it undoes it. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I know it's a little hacky, but <laughs> users are changing it back and forth. You're changing it. They're changing it back. This thing's broken. Why can't I get this to work? <laughs> So, I mean, it's something where, where the boss comes and says, Hey, I want a sheet that does this and all of my employees need to use it, but here they should only be able to input this type of data. And sometimes you can use the data validation sets in, in Google sheets, which are excellent and definitely help. Um, you can set it to only take numbers, only take words, but there's still, sometimes you want it to take an email address or stuff like that, where, where they, it still needs to be pretty open flow, but they need to have still some control over it. I've literally done that written an on edit script. And it says, if they edit this and it's not the right thing, undo it. <laughs> Gora mentioned in the comments, thanks for, for the, for the note uh, about range protection, protecting ranges. Is that something you're a big believer in? Do you find that actually useful? Do you find sometimes that makes it harder? Uh, massive believer when the use case allows, most use cases allow. So yes, massive believer, even for the owner of a sheet, I really like that. Um, the protect range and protect sheet, you can even protect it against yourself. And it'll put up this little splash screen that says, hey, this is a place that's not supposed to be edited. Because the owner of a sheet can never completely lose protect sure. their own permissions, right? But you can put this splash screen up that says, hey, remember, you weren't supposed to edit this unless you really, really mean to. And that has helped avoid a lot of heartache in the past. Awesome. So Jonathan, you mentioned you obviously work with a lot of sheets. I guess my other question is, uh, and Jonathan, maybe if you grab this one first, how do you protect your IP? I mean, you're writing stuff. You're writing, obviously, proprietary code that's useful, whether it's for your current job, or I know you've also done some other coursework or, or, or project work in the past for other customers. How do you protect what's yours? Again, protecting the user so they don't break it, but also so someone doesn't you know, go in there and change it and, and change business roles or, or, or lift it. What do you, what do, you do for that? So actually, there's been something that I've been working on more recently, personally, called uh, Sheet Form, and we have adopted it and use it part and are using part of it in work right now. And it creates a interface, the HTML interface for your sheet in the browser that people can work in and edit without actually seeing any of your formulas. And whenever you make an edit to the browser page, it will go get sent to your sheet or a sheet in the back end that we take care of that it creates one and make sure it's there with the most available data. And it will give you the output right there and can also turn it into a PDF. And I created this just because I saw it's very common for people to want to take their spreadsheet and then uh, dis distribute it to different people. But it's super hard to do that yeah. in a clean way. Yeah. So it brings another topic up, and you said another magic word, which is sometimes a point of contention in the space that we work in. It is distribution. So Spencer, I know you obviously make things for multiple clients. Uh, I don't know if you make some of the same things and, and reuse them, but how do you share projects? Easy to share a project to one or two or three people. How do you share it with 100 people? How do you share it with 1,000 people? Sure, we know there's the marketplace out there, but what's your best practices? What's the approach 
that you do, especially as a consultant who works for external customers, how do you share things? Are you building domain add-ons? Like what's your, what, what, what's your magic? Sure. Everything I've done so far has been either contained within, has been contained within their own sheet or their own domain. So everything I've done has been with the agreement that they're going to have the code at the end and they're going to sure. own the code at the end. Right. So I haven't had to worry about anything like hiding my library behind stuff and making sure it's accessing my stuff, my uh, library or my secret formulas. Um, I'm, I'm very into the idea of letting people learn and letting people understand what I'm doing and what and how it's doing what it's doing. So my distribution has been building it on their sheet. And usually at the end, I'll actually open up the script editor, screen share with them and show them what it's doing. So I've been very, very open with it. And I know that's not that's not true for everybody, yeah, but sure. because I've been building and also everything I'm building has been very specific. I haven't been doing, here's a general app to do X. Everything I've been doing has been very purpose built to that sheet, to that client. So in the end, the, the ideas of that code will oftentimes be useful to me sometime in the future, but that code itself was built for a very, very specific purpose, which also in a way does help protect it. I know if I see, when I go to the, the marketplace and when I see some of the other app script gurus posting stuff on the forums, they're posting, they're posting very general purpose stuff where you can, where the user can type, this is the column I want. This is the row I want. This is the input I want. But it's a general purpose one. I haven't been doing that. I've literally been hard coding in what the columns they wanted were, what the rows I wanted, what the values they wanted. So it's very specifically built to them. Um, so I haven't had to worry about libraries and stuff like that. It's It's been on their sheet here. You have it. So, so Jonathan, I, look, I know you work with a company that has a larger user base of your application. How do you manage distribution? And I'm sure or I would imagine it's different because you don't want 36 copies of the same spreadsheet out there. And then everybody goes, oh, I can change three lines of code. And then you have 36 different versions of the same thing working poorly. How do you manage it? So our application, it actually uses sheet form pretty often um, to load applications and filling it with the data. It supports pre-filled links and it also supports the calculations. So when they actually click our application to open an app, it will have all the data already available and sheet form will take care of what data needs to be in there at that time. And then what data needs to be sent back to our central server database, which will then feed the pre-filled link again, the next time somebody opens it. So it creates this kind of circular. Yeah, I know. I wonder, sorry. So, all right, well, so what you're describing, Jonathan, it, it sounds a bit like app sheet in a way. Uh, have, have you ever thought, have you looked at app sheet and, you know, is there, I know the billings, you need a PhD to understand the billing, it feels like sometimes. But... No, no, no. <laughs> is, it, is that a product that you've looked at, Jonathan? I actually haven't looked at it too much, to be honest. Um, when I set out to try to work with Chief Form, I thought, how can I keep the design of a spreadsheet as much or as close to the original design as possible of it. So you can do your design in one thing, do your calculations in one thing, and then also be able to share it. Um, if AppSheet does all of that, then yes, I'm reinventing the wheel, but I, I haven't had a lot of experience with it uh, yet. So here, so here's the Google plug and I'll, uh, I will unfortunately have to do this. It's a phenomenal tool to take spreadsheet like applications and turn them into applications almost instantly, right? You can do a nice well-formed spreadsheet, import it, and you'll build a, a web and mobile app that's really super useful. As long as it does what you want to do, it's awesome. 
You can also though customize and configure it. And we're also looking at extensibility hooks for it. So it's actually the future. Now there's definitely things that spreadsheets are still better for, flexibility being one of them, but AppSheet's one of those great things. If you wanna write no code and build a super pile for app and distribute it pretty easily, uh, definitely do take a look at it. So that's the obviously uh, plug side of it, but I, I, th I think it's something there. Um, no, that's, a, that's great. Cause yeah, there's a lot of no code and low code solutions out there. And um, I've worked in, like I've worked with tools built with AppSheet and, and yeah, it's, it's excellent. Um, and like I said, Charles, definitely the future to not have to code everything. There will always yeah. be people who want to code everything. There will always be a tinker, but there, there's definitely place moving higher and higher for, um, for, for the no and low code. Yeah, Spencer, yeah, okay. Sorry. Spencer, I wonder if you've started doing macro recorder tidy up yet. Do you think there's a market for that? Is macro recorder what, sorry? Tidy up. It's like someone hits the macro recorder. <laughs> Which sure. Is for, you know, discovering, it's something I use in the past, just, you know, to work out how to, you know, format pivot tables mm -hmm. or something like that. But by its nature, it's, it's quite verbose code. It is. And that's been my challenge with it. Um, that is the same reason you've used it, Martin, is, is really the only reason I've used it is I wanted to do something and didn't know what the right method mm. to call was. So I used the macro recorder to see what sheets just pulled so that I knew to use that. But otherwise, I found that code to be even more specific and purpose-built than what I normally build. Um, it's it's very, very specific to a, specific, to a certain mm. range, to a certain sheet, to a certain way to trigger that. Um, so I have never suggested to somebody to use the macro recorder. <laughs> if someone wants something done through app script, we can build it much cleaner than the macro recorder is mm. going to do. It's but, an awesome tool. And I love that Google provided it so that if you want to do something pretty, um, pretty repetitive and automatic, it can handle that. No problem. But if you're coming to, if you're coming to anybody asking how to do something, my answer isn't going to be go use the macro recorder. My answer is going to be, well, here's the code that does it way better than the macro recorder. Spoken like somebody who builds code solutions for a living. And I, Oh, it is. <laughs> I actually, I same use case. I've actually used it multiple times to figure out things that you just don't want to go look up or, you know, applying filters or things like that, whatever, right. or sure you could code it, but, but why would you bother with it? But I agree. It's definitely there, but you're right. I think, you know, there's a curve of people getting into solutions and I always think people should, you know, try their own solutions and figure out where, how far they can go and then and see what it can, it can do. So I think it does obviously serve some pretty good interests. And, um, you know, interestingly, it's the only tool uh, that is available for, for writing app script is actually in sheets again, because it's the one that makes the most sense. But I was going to ask you guys uh, this question kind of follow into it. Obviously this is a show about sheets and it's, uh, we're talking about sheet building application, but what are some of the other, services you call out to i mean i would imagine gmail when you're, you're doing reporting and sending reports off to people what, what other common things though do you hit both in workspace or even outside of workspace to include into your solutions i think jonathan hits more stuff outside of works but workplace than i do all my work has been contained in workplace with the exception of making pdfs out of stuff so whether that's a sheet a slider or a doc you can turn that into a pdf with app script, but it's still doing it through the drive app, creating it as a PDF. So, but I'm touching all of the various workplace stuff, um, filling a Google doc with, with information from a sheet or a slide from a sheet or taking uh, specific emails and importing them to, a, to another location. But everything I do is all within the workplace with the exception, like I said, of, of making a PDF, which is still through drive app. <laughs> 
Jonathan, do you do any integrations beyond workspace? Is there other stuff you uh, you hook into with BigQuery, uh, any of other Google services or even non-Google services, anything? Yeah, and this is a big time for me to plug a bunch of Google services that I actually do like, uh, just fantastic. Um, one is the Vision API. So yeah. for one of the applications I've had, I wanted to be able to find words on screen and then hide them and then show them back in a sequence order to have like a robot say them. So like, let's say I give a robot a screenshot and I want him to say the words on screen, but I want it to be like in order, show the words again. Google's Vision API was perfect for that because it shows where the word is on screen in terms of location. And then I can just like use a graphics API to change the uh, the image at that time and like unveil certain words. Um, so I loved the Google Vision uh, OCR for that one. And there's also the push notification API, which actually Martin uh, responded to something in the Google group and that's how I found it. And uh, for Sheet Academy, um, something I was gonna use to be able to create a interactive live action uh, Google Sheet course. And we actually have, a, a, I posted on Twitter, just like a little preview of what that looks like. But to do that, one of the ways I wanna scale it is with the Google uh, push notification API for Drive. So whenever an edit happens, like how do I know, how do I have my server go and only hit that once, I don't wanna have to constantly pull the resources. So if you sign up a document to be watched by Google, it will send you a request at the time something's edited and then you can just uh, go and grab the information you need at that time. So those are two really big tools that I, I honestly loved using. They were just great and also integrate with the whole Google workspace. Awesome, quick, um, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Jonathan, expand on what is Sheet Academy? Yeah, so Sheet Academy was and is because I'm planning on making it more of a uh, an add-on now. It is an interactive Google Apps Script course or a Google Apps Script mm. and Google Sheets course. And uh, I kind of got the name from Code Academy because uh, <laughs> that's where, you know, kind of the same thing, but it's supposed Ooh, to be, didn't, yeah. Didn't recognize that, didn't recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like an interactive course. So whenever you do or make any changes, it will have like, helpful hints, or it will say like, oh, don't do that, do this. It will give you steps to complete. And when you complete that step, like a dialogue will pop up basically congratulating you or asking if you need help, if you're stuck on a step for a long amount of time. That's what uh, Sheet Academy is. And I hope to get it out there and grow it. I, the website, unfortunately, isn't up at the moment. Uh, just like work stuff has been taking precedent at, uh, right now. But hopefully in the future, that will be a thing and an add-on on the store. I love that you find time to squeeze these things in. That's amazing. So no apologies for not having it up, but you, you know, folks listening, follow Jonathan and, and, and see what he's doing there. There's some great stuff. You've got some great tips that you've already shared with us. So we're, we're getting close to time. And I, would ask, I, would ask I, I wanted to ask Jonathan real quick, if I could, when, sure. when do you expect that to be up and where can we find information? Like where can we know that that is up and live? Got it. So hopefully I'm expecting it to be up by next month, at least some website that can have an add-on, even if it's a few lessons by next month. And right now I'm thinking almost exactly a month from now, November 15th, that would be like a, probably the day I'll be able to get it up. And it would be at sheetacademy.com. So sheetacademy.com is the domain I have. So you can so, go there and yeah, in a month. So perfect. Awesome. You, already have your, you already have your first contributor in Spencer. So perfect. It's going to be a, a, a it's a nice arranged marriage we have here.
Hey, so I like saying so we're coming up on time, and I want to. I always love to ask this question, just in case anybody from Google is listening in. I hope folks from Google are listening in. Um, you guys work with the tools, you work with the products. You seem to have a, obviously a ton of knowledge and a ton of love. What needs to be fixed? What would you change? What's your What's your ask? Uh, you can do more than one, but try to keep it to the big thing. What would you What would you like to see in the evolution of to be able to build solutions? Can be around sheets, can be around workspace, can be around cloud into whatever. Take a time, but um, I know sometimes PMs listen in. What do you think? What uh, What would you like to see change? I think one thing, uh, especially for my field and industry, is that we can pay to have certain app script problems go away. So, for example, there are hard limits built into app script, and you dedicate a lot of time to work and build these things. But then at a certain point, it just becomes cut off, and you have to use the Sheets API. And there are differences. Like, it's, it's not one for one. So you do have to relearn this entire other thing. And while the Sheets API is expandable, and I can pay to have more quota, the Sheets Google Apps Script is not. So once you reach that point, it's just go learn this new thing. So sure. that being a pay to like uh, expand those quotas, that would be fantastic. And also the recent changes in iframes that Google's done. Uh, so a lot of you can't show dialogues and pop-ups with iframes in the same origin policy. Google Apps Script lives in an iframe. So like overnight, that kind of broke a lot of uh, dialogue alert pop-ups. So if those could be uh, reconfigured or reset so that we can be able to use those alerts again, that would be fantastic. Awesome. Spencer, hold your thought for a second. I just want to call out real quick. Andrew Roberts. Hey, Andrew. Andrew wants everything to that's worked in the old script editor to be working in the new one. Yes. Uh, that, <laughs> is, uh, that is actually a design goal, and it should be near or nearing completion. It was supposed to be done near now, but that is one of the big things. Yes, I hate to have to revert back to do it. There's still a couple things I'm aware of you have to revert back to do, but that should be done. Leandro, you hit a huge one, multiple accounts. That's been a big kind of challenge uh, for a very long time. Um, I love the fact that I go back and forth between my accounts. I'm not sure what account I'm running under sometimes, and I keep having to share permissions with everything. So I just give permissions to everything. Um, yeah, the multiple account situation can be sometimes tough. Spencer, what's your um, what's your big ask for the PMs? Let's oh, man. My, my big ask is hard. Um, as product experts, we've been sending stuff to to the Sheets developers for a long time. So my I, I have a list, and it keeps growing. <laughs> Um, get everything back for the app script editor is, is definitely a big one. The an enhancements that I see the most um, from like what users are asking for is more custom user permissions. So it would be really nice to say that this person can edit, but cannot download. This person can edit, but cannot access the script editor. That would actually be a huge one if they could edit the sheet, but cannot touch the script editor. Or if we can make it so that an editor cannot copy the, the sheet, right? Because right now all the permissions are, if you're an editor, that there's nothing higher than that. An editor can do everything. Well, right. to have an editor that also had more closed off, that would be awesome. Um, otherwise, it's a lot of query enhancements. I think the, the, we didn't get to it, but I think the query formula is one of the most amazing formulas ever created and really a huge reason to use sheets over Excel. Um, it just does so much. <laughs> SQL light in, in a spreadsheet is amazing, but there's still a lot of things from SQL itself that would be awesome to have in there and otherwise. So I would love to be able to say select all except column four because otherwise you, you're getting, you know, 
40 different columns, but you only need 14 of them. Well, you have to call out all of them. I'd, I'd yeah, rather, yeah, yeah. sometimes it would be nice to say all except, and yeah. there's some other query enhancement stuff there. Otherwise, it's a lot of the stuff that I've kind of hacked around on my YouTube videos. I'd love to see radio buttons instead of just check boxes. I'd love to see two-way interactive ranges, um, getting indirect to work in array formulas, dependent dropdowns, 3D references. There's a lot of stuff out there that I would love to see, um, which makes it hard for me to say my big ask because my, my list keeps growing. And oftentimes that's where I come up with the inspiration for my YouTube videos is how's a way that I can hack around this thing that is otherwise not doable in Sheets. Share your documentation with us. We'll do something with it. Uh, at least get, at least get in front of the right people to ignore. But <laughs> so no, but absolutely, those are some good things. And um, I'm going to pause, Martin, Steve, Charles, Charles, ask me where people can find out more Google Sheets productivity tips. Oh, that's a good one. So um, one of my favorite sources for looking for Google productivity resources is AppScript Pulse. And um, there's a lot of stuff up there that Martin actually. Um, scours the web or takes submissions in and shares things. And so there's a list of things. If you see something interesting or something useful, he will share that. Obviously, if you have something you'd love to share, push it to Martin. He's got a lot of folks that watch that. And AppScript Pulse is an awesome tool for that. So Martin, thanks for that and good call out. We have 265 posts just for Google Sheets. There's only, wow. I think there's over 500 community contributions in Pulse now. So um, hopefully after Stack Overflow, we're your next port of call. Leandro's got a couple things he's pulling up. And one of his multi-selects, multi-select is, is that's available publicly, isn't it? I've got it. I mine. I know that. <laughs> I shouldn't say those things, but yeah. Okay. I guess the question is what exactly is meant by multi-select? Is that like uh, multi-select from a dropdown where there's five options, you can select two of them or because multi-select could mean several things. Well, if he's, if he's still listening, hopefully Leandro showed that in the window. We'll take a look at it. Other than that, we're getting super close. Anything else you'd like to share or talk about or offer? Uh, yeah, any of the folks um, listening in? Sure. yeah, I can uh, go back to uh, distribution stuff in a short way. Um, not only can you uh, distribute code uh, by leveraging libraries, where a lot of the code is in the library, so you have multiple sheets, you're kind of covered most mostly. Uh, we've had some clients who say, hey, I created this course and I, I'm referring them to a spreadsheet and I got some intellectual property type of stuff when it's all considered one group of system. Um, how do I make that work? So we end up distributing the code by creating a template for the spreadsheet. The template can have an add-on associated with it. Of course, that's also put in the marketplace. So you have two channels now, right? So that's one way to distribute um, uh, when people have custom menus, they can navigate to an add-on. They could be internal add-ons. You don't really need Google reviews very much with that. So that's another way. And as a workaround, we've actually had a customer before to say, too late, I've got hundreds of spreadsheets, separate code, in, or the same code in each one, but I need to make a change. The workaround would be use the Google script API, which can go through that list to, to get you back to where you need to be, and then hopefully go to an add-on. Um, so that's some of the last thoughts on that. And we did also have a question um, from our notes before the show from Clark Lynn. Do you folks have any best practices for using Sheets as database tables? We did hit on some of that, but there is one, uh, one thing to consider. If you're really hard set on um, 
sheets as a database, what do you do with one-to-many relationships? You can create a whole bunch of other sheet tabs, or you could create like a JSON uh, in your script and then write the JSON in one cell um, uh, as a string and then bring that back into an object. So that's one hack that you can do. So that's my last thoughts at 359. I've done JSON JSON into cell. It can get messy, but if if you put it in your back end and then uh, front end, it was like. So I think we're at the end. It's been um, fantastic having you both, Jonathan and Spencer, on. I think we've, um, I've personally learned some nice little tricks and tips. Um, I think I'm going to revisit the cache and custom functions. Um, and I know, Spencer, you've got a number of um, really interesting YouTube videos as well. Um, so thanks also for all the contributions in the uh, chat as well from the community. So it's been great having you um, contribute those. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are back next week, um, same time, Wednesday. Um, so um, Jonathan mentioned the vision uh, service that Google provides. Well, we're going to look at document AI. Um, so uh, this will perhaps supercharge some of your script projects even further. Um, so I think that's us. Unless there are any final words. If not, I will thank you all. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.